Hey there, this is Dustin McLean. And Allie McLean. And we're pumped that you're joining with us today. And if you're a part of our Purpose Church family, whether in person or online, we'd love to connect with you via social media at ourpurpose.church on all social media outlets. And on our website at www.ourpurpose.church. We can get you plugged into a group, other giving options, and an opportunity to connect with the Purpose family all across Western Kentucky. And we hope today's message encourages you and inspires you. And so let's jump into the message. I'd love to just read you a passage of scripture I felt like the Lord laid on my heart this week. And I want to share it with you. I want to encourage you with it. But this is what the Bible says in Matthew chapter 4. If you're ready, say, I'm ready. Good. This is what the Bible says. It said, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there for, by the devil. And for 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted and he became very hungry. And during that time, the devil came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus said to him, No, 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 no. The Scripture says people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple and said, If you are the Son of God, jump off, for the scripture says he will order his angels to protect you, and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. But Jesus responded, he said, No, 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 no. The scripture also says that you must not test the Lord your God. Then next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their glory. And he said, I'll give it all to you. He said, if you will kneel down and worship me, get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him. For the scripture says, you must worship the Lord and serve only him. And then the devil went away and the angels came and took care of Jesus. I want to preach to us today from this idea, from this topic. I know we're in the middle of a relationship series and we may think, how in the world does that have to do with the relationships that are in my life? But I promise you by the end of this message, I believe that you're going to be able to say the title of today's message to the relationships that are in your life. You're going to be able to say the title of today's message to your friendships, to your families, to your job. And this is what the title of today's message is. It's not today, Satan. Not today, Satan. Why don't you tap your neighbor and say, not today, Satan. Why don't you tap your other neighbor and say, I didn't call him Satan. I'm just telling Satan, not today, Satan. Come on, come on. I love that. I love that. Why don't you one more time, let's give Jesus a big ovation of praise. Go ahead and have a seat. Have a seat in this place. And as you're doing that, I just want to pray. Let's pray together. Jesus, we come to you once more and we thank you so much that we're in this place together. We honor you. We lift you up. We pray today, God, as we open your word, as we study what you want us to hear and how you want us to be uh, uh, impacted and how, God, you want to speak to us. I pray today that your word would go forth, that your name would be lifted up, and that today you would be honored and glorified in this place. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And everybody said, said everybody said, Come on, 9 a.m., if you love Jesus, will you make a little bit of noise in the room right now? <coughs> I love that, I love that, and I just want to let you guys know, right now we're welcoming in our people online. We're literally having a chance for them to be in the service with us, and you'll be seeing that come out today. Can we welcome everybody that's watching in online together? Put our hands together. 
Let them know that we love you. We're glad wherever you're watching from. We're so honored that you would be here hanging out with us for just a few minutes. And so I'll just tell you, I've got a quick question for you uh, on this rainy Sunday morning. I want to ask anybody out there, would anybody understand? How many of you know that your biggest temptations sometimes come at the weakest moment in your life? Come on, somebody. Wave at me if you understand that, right? Because this is what I know. I don't know about you, but is there anybody out there that's ever had like a really hard day, a long day, a day that was like, oh my goodness, this is so long, and you get to your house, and by the end of your day, like literally all of your self-control is gone, all of your like willpower is gone, you're on that diet, but there is something about uh, literally the end of your day where all of your strength seems to be gone at your weakest moment, that's when temptation comes. I don't know about you, but I just believe that the Holy Spirit of cookies comes calling. Come on, somebody, right? You got the Father, you got the Son, and you got the double-stuffed Holy Spirit right in the middle. Come on, somebody, right? And I think about Oreos. I think about the fact that literally so many times what happens is, is that at our weakest moment, that's when we're tempted the most, right? It's something that happens. It's something that takes place. <coughs> Excuse me. And this is not just something that just happens at the end of our day, right? It's not just something that just takes place at the end of our day, but it also happens in our life, it also happens in our relationships. It also happens in our families. And I don't know about you, but what we see about Scripture is that, and I think it should encourage us a little bit, is the fact is that Jesus was also tempted even at his weakest moment. Even at the very moment where he didn't know, like he, he was at his weakest point in his life, in his walk, there was something that took place that was a temptation to him. And I just think, again, that is something that we just read. But I want to bring our attention to something that actually happened right before that. It took place right before uh, Jesus was tempted. And it was one of those moments that was incredible, right? It was an incredible moment because this, if you read back in Matthew chapter 3, there is a spot right at the end of that where literally Jesus is going public and he's being baptized. Come on, so baptism uh, Sunday around Purpose Church is a big deal, right? Come on, we love baptism. Sunday, that's coming up, <laughs> excuse me, been a few weeks since I've been preaching to y'all, so my throat's all gone, um, but I'm so excited about being here today, but April the uh, 11th, I believe, it's the Sunday after Easter is Baptism Sunday, and that's coming, that's a big party for us, we love doing that, we love celebrating with baptism, but I'll just tell you that this baptism of Jesus taking place is such a big moment in the life and the ministry of Jesus, like literally, we see this taking place, if you would just flip back there, it says, after his baptism, Jesus came up out of the water, and the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending on him like a dove and settling on him. So literally, the Holy Spirit comes, and he settled on Jesus like a dove, and a voice from heaven said this, is my dearly beloved Son, who literally, who brings me great joy. And I don't know about you, but that, that encourages me a little bit because you know what that tells me? It tells me that literally public encouragement is a game changer, right? <clears throat> I don't know about you and your relationships, but public encouragement can be a game changer. A post about your spouse or your significant other. A post about a friendship that means something to you. Public encouragement is a game changer. And I think about that even in the life and the walk and the ministry of Jesus. It's the very thing that launched off his ministry is the fact that his father. How many of y'all need a voice from God sometimes telling you what's going on in your life, right? 
I think we all can agree with that. I think we can all get around that. I think we can all understand that. And so what I know and what I happen to see from Scripture is that that affirmation from the Father comes and then we get the story that we read today, right? We get the story of literally the fact that he goes from a blessing type moment to a battle type moment. He goes from a blessing moment of being baptized, of this public affirmation of going into ministry and, hey, I'm here, I'm here to change the world, I'm here to save the world. And then he goes right into temptation of the devil and he was being led by the Spirit there. So what we see and what we get is literally a blessing moment to a battle moment, a blessing moment to a battle moment, a blessing season to a battle season. I don't know about you, but has there ever been in your relationships that same kind of pattern take place, right, where there's seasons of blessing, there's seasons that feel good, that make sense, that everything seems to be working, and then there's seasons of battle that are on the back side of that. Anybody ever felt that before in your relationships? Everybody ever felt that before in your marriage? There's a season of, of, of blessing, there's a season of battle. It's battle to blessing, battle to blessing. How about your friendships? Anybody ever had a battle season with friendships? Battle to blessing, battle to blessing. How about your work relationships, right? There's been a season of battle. There's been a season of, of, of blessing as well. How many of y'all are parents out there? Wave at me right now in the room. There's a season of battle, 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 and blessing on the other side of that, right? Come on, somebody, right? This is what happens when you parent as well. But I want us to understand, I think this is a pattern that we see throughout Scripture, even beginning with Jesus himself. Even beginning with that, and I, I don't know about you, but if I can just pull the curtain back on my life really quick and just where I'm at uh, in my life, just I, I believe that there's seasons that we can all agree, we can all understand that there's battle and there's seasons of blessing. There's seasons of battle and there's seasons of blessing. And, and I'll just, uh, again, I don't know about you, but what 2020 looked like for a lot of us was a season of, of battle. Right, the last year, I'll just be really honest with you from my perspective even just and I'm sharing this stuff not because I want you to feel sorry for me I want to share this because I know exactly what you're going through and I've been there and I'm with I'm with you and I don't know about you but this last year has been tough and I'll just pull the curtain back a little bit on my life I've been struggling with a lot of anxiety and a lot of depression a lot of just sad moments and again as, as I stand in front of you I'm being real vulnerable with you guys really quick and this scares me to death to be able to do that. This scares me to death that it's going to be on the internet, right? But this is what I know is that when we're at our weakest, that's when God can get glory through us. And I don't know about you, but, but this last year has been so hard. It's been so tough. And there's these battle moments. There's these times when, man, should I keep going? Should I keep staying? Should I keep doing? Should I keep giving towards that? Should I keep staying in the middle of it? And it's a season of battle followed by a season of blessing. And I just want to, again open the curtain back a little bit for some of you in this room, and you've been praying with our family for the last few years that our kids, obviously my kids didn't know Jesus, and uh, again, being small, and as we started Purpose Church, we just believed that God was going to do something in our family, not just in the family of Purpose Church, but even in my family, that our kids would meet Jesus, and we can go from battle to blessing, and something just to celebrate and, and just ex be excited about is a few weeks ago on Monday night, our oldest girl, Conley, said yes to a relationship with Jesus. Yeah, can we celebrate that a little bit louder, right? 
I'm so grateful that our seven-year-old little baby girl just said yes to a relationship with Christ. And what can seem like a battle-type moment can be followed up by a blessing-type moment. And I think we have to understand. So I'll just tell you why I'm fired up about baptism on April 11th. is because my baby girl is going to get baptized that day, right? It's going to be a good day together. And I can't wait for that. But I don't know about you, but it feels like life is just battle to blessing. And battle to blessing. And relationships are battle to blessing. And Friendships are battle to blessing. And, and a lot of times what you and I see and what we see even in Scripture right here is that what happens is there's the blessing of baptism of Jesus, right? The public affirmation that this is my son. I'm well pleased in him. Then it says that Jesus was led by the Spirit into the devil to, or into the, 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 the desert to be tempted by the devil. And we see what we just read that literally Jesus resists the devil multiple ways, right? And if you read on a little bit later, that's right after that. There's a blessing, there's a battle, then there's a blessing on the other side of that. And that Jesus starts his ministry. He starts serving, he starts calling people to follow him and be a part of the thing that God has called him to do and changing and saving the entire world. And I just think that from this story that we just read a few minutes ago, in our relationships, in our life, in our marriage, that there are some ways that the devil is going to tempt us. There's going to be some ways that the devil lies to you and I, and he throws this in our face. And there's a few ways that I believe that he is going to try and challenge us, and he's going to try to discourage us, and he's going to try and do whatever he can to make sure that we're not following the thing that God has called him to do. And this is the first thing I want you to write down. A, a lie that we're tempted with a whole lot of times is this idea that you know what you got to do? You got to go out and get some physical pleasure. Right, you got to go out and you got to get some physical pleasure. And hey, listen, you know what I say about this screens and stuff doing this? Not today, Satan. Right? Not today. Doesn't matter if that screen goes out. Guess what? Jesus' spirit is still in this room. Okay? I don't think I have to have a 35-foot LED screen to be able to preach the word of God. And I just want to challenge us that what happens so many times and what happens as we see even in the verse of Jesus right here in verse number 2 and 3, it says, For 40 days and 40 nights he fasted and he became very hungry. What does that mean? He was physically depleted. He was physically low. He was physically needing some, some nourishment. And again, during that time, the devil came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become uh, loaves of bread. Right? That was the temptation. There was this temptation there of physical pleasure. And what I know and what I see right there is not only does the, uh, the, the father of lies, does Satan do that to Jesus, he did that all the way back from the very beginning with Adam and Eve. He did it with Jesus when he was tempted. And guess what? He's still breathing the same temptation to us today. And what happens is, is Satan wants to hit you and I at our weakest moment, at our most vulnerable moment, when we're most vulnerable in our relationships, when we're most vulnerable in our marriages, when we're most vulnerable in life. Satan loves to throw this idea out there. And again, this kind of goes in uh, to play when it comes to our relationships. Guess what? Go out there and get physical pleasure. Right, go out there and do whatever you got to do to make sure that you're satisfied, that you're getting yours, that you're going out there and you're pleasing yourself. And what I know about that is that according to Jesus, I don't think we should chase after pleasure. You know, I believe Jesus is calling us to, he's calling us to a life of purity. 
Right? It's not just a life of pleasure, it's a life of purity that God is calling us to. And you may be wondering, okay, what does a life of purity look like? You know what we're saying when we say, hey, let's chase after purity. We're saying, God, you know what? I want what you want, God. I, I want the very thing that you want in my life, God. I don't care what the standard of the world is. I don't care that Satan has lowered the standard so much out there. I'm going to chase after purity. I'm going to chase after what your word says. I'm going to chase after what literally it is written. The scripture says, that's what I want to be about. That's what purity is about. And I think you and I, we got to chase after purity more than we got to chase after physical pleasure. I like to equate it to this because a lot of times what happens in our relationships, and things like that, uh, we do this very thing. And I, I don't know about you guys, uh, when I grew up, I grew up in a, a little subdivision area, and uh, literally right behind my parents' house, we had a full court basketball goal. Come on, somebody, right? It was painted University of Kentucky blue. Come on, the Lord's team. I don't care if we stink this year, all right? It's okay. I love all my UT fans and all of you guys have Florida fans. AB's a Florida fan. Come on, we'll pray for her. Uh, <laughs> I got beat yesterday, but, but I think about that, and I think about, okay, glass backboards, man, it was nice, breakaway rims, it was like a teenager's dream, right, the floor was actually painted, um, uh, like literally lights at night, man, it was awesome, I remember going out there, we'd be playing at midnight, and I don't know how we never, shout out to Ricky and Jennifer Willis, right, because I don't know how they didn't kill a bunch of kids like us playing ball at midnight, right, and I remember being out there, and what we would do, we'd be able to lower the goals down, right, you know, these goals here, they're kind of fixed at a certain height, but we would be able to lower the goals down. And back then, I don't know about y'all, but it was like Mike. Come on, somebody, right? It wasn't like, uh, like LeBron. LeBron's not the GOAT. Michael Jordan is the GOAT. Come on, somebody. Okay. Anybody that's over the age of 30 and kind of understanding that right now, but that's okay. But, but man, we'd be out there. We'd be dunking. We'd be, I mean, we lowered down to seven and a half, seven foot. We'd be out there doing windmills. We'd be out there doing between the legs, dunks, all kinds of stuff, right? We'd doing whatever we could. But this is what I know, is that guess what we had done? The standard of playing basketball is on a 10-foot goal, right? The standard was 10-foot, but what we had done was we had lowered the standard, and we thought we were impressing ourselves by doing all these crazy tricks. But in reality, if the goal was on 10-foot, we never could attain the standard that was set for why we should be playing the game of basketball. And I think so many times what happens is that Satan, he tempts you and I, and he lies to you and I, and he says, you know what? Lower the standard when it comes to physical pleasure. Hey, Jesus, if you're really the Son of God, why don't you lower the standard here and say, you know know what? Turn those stones into bread and eat you something, right? And he does the same thing to you and I today where we say, you know what? Maybe we should lower the standard when it comes to our relationships. Maybe we should lower the standard when it comes to our, our how we should act or how we should serve or how we should love. Maybe we should lower the standard. But I would challenge us that God is calling us to the standard that he has set according to his word. And that's a life of purity. You and I aren't going to be perfect, but man, let's chase after the one who is and that is the definition of purity is that yours and our heart are falling in line with the person that is Jesus Christ right and what happens so many times is that literally we're tempted with physical pleasure and he's tempting us and he's trying to get us to lower the standard but God has called us in our relationships in our family in our marriages to raise the standard and I just believe today that when physical pleasure and temptation comes at you guess what you need to say not today, Satan, right? But that needs to be something that wells up on the inside of our hearts today. It's not today, Satan. Another thing that I believe that God shows us 
uh, through his word and the temptation that happened with Jesus is this idea that you know what you should do? Satan lies to us. He said, go out there and get all the possessions that you can and then get all the power and the position that you can and then you'll be satisfied. Then you'll be happy. Then you'll be successful. Then you'll be fulfilled. And we see that even with the temptation of Jesus. Look at verse 8 and 9. It says, next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain. And watch what he said. He said, hey, showed him all the kingdoms of the world. All of them in their glory, right? All the possessions. You can have all of that, right? You can have all the power. You can have all of the position in their glory. I'll give it all to you, he said, if you will kneel down and if you will worship me. Right, we see that. We see that come into play in the life of Jesus. And I just believe that that's something that Satan, he has, he's not very creative in the fact that he's using those same things today to tempt you and I to say, you know what, maybe I need to go out there and get that. Maybe my marriage will be better when we have these things. Maybe my, my friendships would be better if my position was a little different. Maybe all of these things would actually be fulfilling if I would go out there and I would get the house and then I'd get the second house. I'd get the lake house. i get the nice car. i get that job at work. i get that position. i get that power. And this is what I just came to challenge all of us today is this idea that I am not fulfilled, I am not completed, I am not satisfied by the things of this world that I possess, but rather than by the person that is on the inside of me, and his name is Jesus Christ, and his Holy Spirit that fills my life. Is there anybody that's thankful today for Jesus in this room? Come on, let's give him a big shout of praise. I just want to challenge us, but I love Jesus, right? Jesus is the dude, man. He's the goat, okay? Let's just call it what it is. Jesus is the greatest of all time. Not MJ, not LeBron. Don't matter. They can't hold a, a stick to Jesus. And I love Jesus, how he responds to Satan. <clears throat> I love how he comes back with the temptation that literally is thrown in his face and thrown at him. I love how Jesus, every lie, every temptation he comes up against, guess what he says? You know what? It's actually written. It's actually said that the scripture actually says this. And this is what I think today, that there's so many of us in this room that are believing the lies of Satan. And, and we're giving in to those temptations. And I, I think so many times, there's a few of them I want to throw to you really quick because I believe these are ones that I even feel sometimes. And lately I've felt them and lately I've struggled with them. And I think there's some of you in this room that you could say, I've struggled with the very same things. Struggle with that same thought pattern. I've struggled with the same lie that I've been believing that the devil would say about me. And the first one I want you to, to write down is this. Lies that Satan wants us to believe is that I have no value. That's a lie from the pit of hell is what that is. That's a lie from the pit. And Satan tempts us so many times. You know what he does? He says, go back to those things where I tempt you. Go back to those possessions. Go back to those things. Go back to literally the pleasure. And then you'll actually be able to have some value with some people if you will do those things. And I don't know about you, but I've had so many times in my life where I've thought, man, I have no value whatsoever. But you know what we got to say to that today? No, we know what we got to say? Not today, Satan. Somebody shout, not today, Satan. Somebody shout it like you mean it, like you're going to say it, like he's standing in front of you and he's tempting you and he's lying to you. Somebody shout, not today, Satan. Not today, Satan. 
Right? You know why? Because this is what the Bible says. It is written. The Word of God says, Psalm 139, verse 13. It says this, that you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you, God, for making me so wonderfully complex. Come on, all the ladies in in the room know us men are complex. Come on, somebody, right? Your workmanship is marvelous how well I know it. Watch what it goes on to say. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was ever born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Guess what? You have incredible value. You have so much value that you've been hand-stitched that literally God... In all of creation, the fact that people, us, you and I, that God literally dipped down to earth, formed us with his hands, breathed life into us, and you and I as humans are the only thing in all of creation that is hand-formed and crafted by God. I want you to know today, you may think and you may be listening to the lie from the enemy that I have no value, but that's not what God says. And you have to stand up in the face of Satan and you get to say, you know what, not today, Satan. And you know why? Because Romans 5, 8 says that, but God showed his great love for me, that I have so much value, that I have so much to offer to God, that God wants me in the family, that God wants me in his, uh, to, to have him in my life, that guess what? That he sent his son Jesus to die for me, even when I had no value, that I still have value because of Jesus. And this is what I want you to know today in this room, that you are worth Jesus to God. You're worth Jesus to God. And I just believe that there's so many of us that are walking around, including myself, from time to time. We say, you know what, I have no value. And we begin believing the lie of the enemy. Now think about it. Another, Another lie that we believe is God could never use me. God could never use me. There's no way God could ever use me to do anything of great. Like, I'm too busted. I'm too broken. I'm too, like, literally, I'm too messed up. I'm a nobody. Well, good thing we serve an incredible God because God specializes in using busted, broken, messed up nobodies, right? Thank God. I'll just tell you, as I just kind of pull up a chair with you for just a second, as your pastor, let me pastor you real quick. I don't deserve to be on this stage, period. I don't deserve to be up here. There's nothing that I feel like, again, I, 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 I am, as I say all the time, I am a chief sinner holding this microphone. As Paul would say, man, I am a, I'm a sinner of sinners, but thank God that he doesn't just leave me that way. Thank God that he says, you know what, I, I specialize in using busted, broken things like you, Dustin. I think about all of scripture, right? We get to say, you know what, Satan's going to throw this at our face. God could never use me, and we get to say, you know what, not today, Satan. You know why? Because the Bible tells us, and we can run through a lot of lists of the Bible where God is using busted, broken, messed up people. Y'all got a few minutes because I'm going to throw some of them out there to you. Y'all okay? Here's what the Bible says, that Noah, he got drunk. Abraham was too old. Jacob, he lied. Moses was a murderer and he couldn't talk. Rahab, guess what? She was a prostitute. Jeremiah and Timothy, they were too young. David was a murderer and an adulterer. Elijah, guess what? He was suicidal. Isaiah preached naked. Thank God that's not happening today, all right? 
Jonah ran from God, right? Peter denied Jesus. The disciples fell asleep while praying. So you're not the only one that does that at night, okay? Martha worried all the time. Mary Magdalene was demon-possessed. Paul was a murderer of Christians. And Lazarus was dead. But I just believe that today is a time that you get to put a stake in the ground. And you say, you know what? Not today, Satan. Because the Word of God says that my grace is sufficient for you. And that in your weakness, guess what? My power is made perfect right in the middle of that. And the Bible tells us that therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, about my hardships, about my insecurities, about my lack of confidence. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to boast all the more in those things. You know why? So that Christ's power may rest on me. you got to stand up today in the face of Satan. you got to say, you know what? Not today, Satan. Not happening today, Satan. Yeah, you, you may say God could never use me, but no. I, I know God has a plan and a purpose. And I may be weak, but guess what? That's when God can be, can be put on full display before everybody else is when I'm weak. Amen, oh me, somebody. Come on. The last thing I think so many times, Kyle, if you don't mind coming up here, give me some spirit keys so I feel it, right? Is this idea that God could never forgive me. And God could never love me. I think there's so many of us, what happens so many times is that we walk around and we think, you know what, God could never forgive me. He doesn't know what I've done. Maybe he does know what I've done, but it's too far. I've gone too far. I've done too much. I've, I've ran too far. I've ran too hard. I've done all of these things and that God could never forgive me. This is what I love about the Bible is that you and I, we get to stand and we get to say, you know what, not today, Satan. You know why? Because it is written. The scripture says, the Bible says, John 3, 16, we're going to throw it back to that Sunday school verse that all of us know, right? But this is what the Bible says about you and I, is that God loved the world. For God so loved the world, and this is what I want you to do. I'm going to read that, and when I get to the world, I want you to shout your name out really quick, okay? That's what I want you to do. So I'm going to read that together. It's not even going to be up there, but I'm going to read it to you. It says this, for God so loved the... Come on, we're going to say it again like we mean it. Ready? For God so loved... For God so loved Dustin. For God so loved Miss Pam. For God so loved Greg. For God so loved you. For God so loved the world. Guess what? That he gave... His one and only son. That anyone, say your name out loud on three. One, two, three. That if you would believe, if you would put your faith and trust in Jesus, that he is righteous, that he will forgive you, that he will save you. And guess what? There's nothing that can ever separate you from that love. And I don't know about you, but I'll, I'll just be real honest. I've had a hard time believing some of these things lately. Again, if I, is it okay if I'm honest up here on this day? Is it okay? It's been hard for me to believe some of these things. Sometimes we need other people around us that see what God sees in us to call out the confidence that God has put on the inside of us. That's why crews are so important, right? That's why jumping on a serve team is so important. So you can have some other people beside each other saying, you know what, you may not see this in you right now, but I see what God's put inside of you. And there's been so many times, even over the last week, two weeks, three weeks, where it's been those battle moments, right? 
where I'm the weakest. I feel like, man, I'm tempted the most. I'm lied to the most. I'm in the middle of this battle, and it is hard, and I don't know if I can keep going. I don't know if I believe in this calling that God has put on the inside of me. I don't know if I can continue to do this life in general as a whole. And Maybe you've been there. But what I love is that we go back to what Jesus said about us. We go back to what Scripture says, where Jesus says, you know what, it is written. And, and, and I, I got these. I didn't even write these down for myself because I don't feel like I could the last couple of weeks. But my wife, of all people, my encouragement, my encourager, my, my, my right hand, she doesn't complete me, but man, we, we complete each other as far as following after Jesus. She saw some stuff in me. And these are from Pastor Craig Groeschel, who says that sometimes you got to make daily declarations what the Bible says who you are, what God says who you are. And I want to read these to you because I'm waking up every morning. You can see this lovely handwriting here. It's taped. It's on my mirror right beside it. And I get a chance over the last few days to stand up every morning and declare this over my life. And I think today that some of you need to start making declarations over your life of what the Word of God says who you are. You're not what Satan says. You're not the lies of the enemy. But you're who God says that you are. And this is what I read every day. I declare Jesus is first in my life. I exist to serve and glorify Him. I love my wife. She wrote that, but I, I like that too, right? I love my wife and I will lay my life down to serve her. My children will love God. children will love God and serve them with their whole hearts. I will nurture, equip, train, and empower them to do more for the kingdom than they ever thought possible. I love people and I believe the best about others. I'm disciplined. Christ in me is stronger than the wrong desires in me. I'm growing closer to Jesus every day. And because of Christ, my family is closer. My body is stronger. I'll just tell you guys, there are days I don't even believe what I'm saying, but i got to keep declaring the Word of God over my life. i got to keep reading these things over my life. you got to keep reading what God has said about you over your life. My faith is deeper. My leadership is sharper. I'm creative, innovative, driven, focused, and blessed beyond measure because the Holy Spirit lives inside of me. I will develop leaders. This is not something I do. It's who I am. I bring my best and then some. It's what I do after I bring my best that makes all of the difference. And I declare and I believe that this will be true, that the world will be different and the world will be better because I serve Jesus Christ today. And you know what, y'all? I have to write it, I have to confess it, and I gotta do that until I believe it. And I just believe that there's so many people in this room that you've been, le- you've been believing the lies of the enemy and they've been so loud in yours and my head, but I think it's time today, if you believe that, that we just say, not today, Satan. If you believe that in this room, won't you stand to your feet right now? That we say, not today, Satan. You know what? Not tomorrow, Satan. You know what? Not next week, Satan. You know what? Not next month, Satan. Not my marriage, Satan. Not my relationship, Satan. Not my kids, Satan. Not Murray, Kentucky, Satan. 
Not Callaway County, Satan. Not Purpose Church, Satan. Because your word, God says, that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And we're going to stand on the word of God today. If we believe that, come on, you're standing on your feet. Give Jesus a big ovation. And I don't know who needed this today. Maybe it was me. Maybe it was me to be able to say, you know what? Not today, Satan. And I just pray and I just hope that you would declare that over your life, that the word of God says that you're a child, says that you're chosen, says that you're called, says that you have value, says that you matter, says that you have purpose, says that you have meaning and says that you can go and you and I can make a difference wherever God calls us to go. Maybe you're in this room and you don't know this Jesus that we're talking about. Maybe you don't know God. Maybe you don't know Jesus in a relationship with Him. That's the best love on the weekend decision that you can make is to say yes to a relationship with God. So you're in this room. Once you do this, everybody in here just bow your heads and close your eyes. You're in this room and and you say, you know what, I, I can't, I can't say those things because I don't have a relationship with Jesus. And maybe that's you. Maybe that's you in this room and you say, you know what, I don't know God. I don't have a relationship with Jesus. But while you're standing, I want you to know that you are loved and you have value and that the word of God declares that you and I were sinners that we were far from God, but Jesus. But Jesus in his great love for us, in his passionate love for us, in his heart for us, that he died on the cross for you and I and our sins. And the Bible says that if we will put our faith and trust in Jesus, if we will declare with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and we will believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead and maybe you're watching today and you need to make that decision today. Maybe you're in this room today and you need to make that decision to say yes to a relationship with Jesus. I would just ask you to say something like this, say something close to this. Just say, dear Jesus, would you come into my life? Would you save me? Would you forgive me? I believe that you died on a cross. I believe that you were put in a tomb. And I believe in you, Jesus. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for being the Lord of my life. I give complete control to you. I want to chase after purity. I want to chase after the things of God. I want to chase after you, Lord, from this moment forward. Maybe you're in here. Maybe you're watching online and you just made that decision to follow Jesus. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. In just a second, I'm going to ask you to take a step that I know is going to be a bold step, but it's a big step. I think it's an important step. And our prayer team is actually on, on the walls right now on both sides of this room. And I'm going to ask you, if you're in this room and you say, you know what, I just said yes to a relationship with Jesus. You know what I'm going to ask you to do? I'm going to ask you to, to get out of your seat and make your way to these side walls. You're not going to be the only ones moving. If you're in this room, I just want to let you know, you're not going to be the only ones moving because our serve team is going to move now so they can get ready and get prepped for the next experience. So you're not going to be the only ones moving. If that's you and you just said yes to a relationship with Jesus, I just ask you to move towards the walls. Find somebody that's there. We'd love to, to celebrate with you, love to walk through your next steps of what this looks like for you as you just said yes to a relationship with Jesus. I love that. I love that, I love that. Maybe you're in this room. 
you were honest, you'd say, you know what? There have been so many times in my life that I've been believing the lies of the enemy and that I've been falling into temptation and I've been giving in. But today I'm putting a stake in the ground saying today on, a, on, on February 28, 2021, yes, it was raining outside, but the Lord called me to something greater. The Lord called me to something bigger. The Lord called me to follow after him and what his word is saying. And I'm going to say not today, Satan. Because the word of God declares that I am a victor, not a victim. That I am, I am the head, not the tail. That literally I am saved and I am set free. And that today, that you're going to be walking out of this place in some freedom. Because you're putting a stake in the ground declaring not today, Satan. If that's you in this room. You know Jesus. But you just want to declare that today. I just love to see your hands. Just show me your hands. Just wave them across this room. Say, not today, Satan. I love that. I love that. I love that. Well, here's what I want us to do. If you feel comfortable, would you stretch your hands up to heaven? And would we be able to just to have a chance to just pray together? God, we love you. And God, we honor you. And God, we thank you for who you are. And God, we are going to declare with our hands held high that we want to lift our life and lift our voices and lift everything that we do to glorify and honor you, Jesus. We love you. We thank you for salvation. We love you. We honor you. And it's in the mighty, powerful name of Jesus that we pray. And everybody said in this room, Thank you so much again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps out so much. For more content and information, head over to OurPurpose.Church. We love you guys and hope you have a great week on purpose.